There's got to be an explanation to all these UFO sightings, right? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Your morning starts now. It's the Q102 Jeff and Jen podcast brought to you by CVG Airport. Fly healthy through CVG. For more information, go to CVG Airport backslash fly healthy. So ever since the Chiefs secured their spot at the Super Bowl on Sunday, there's been talk that Taylor Swift uh, might surprise everyone and join Usher during the Super Bowl halftime show. It makes sense, not? right? She's there anyway. Why not? Probably will be, right? Uh, well, according to TMZ, and this isn't all that surprising, Taylor will not be performing in any capacity. She'll just be there as a fan to cheer on Travis and the Chiefs. Because I guarantee you, Usher is not going to be watching the game. <laughs> At least not from the stands. He's going to be backstage preparing for his performance. Right. So she would miss the game. And that's... Oh, yeah. yeah Plus, we, she's got to be hidden if she's a private performer because, you know, they always keep those secret. They right. can't be... You know, panning to her up in the suite if she's going to do sparkles. a performance. Right. Yeah. Now, there's also a rumor going around that Taylor won't even make it to Vegas because she's doing the last of four straight shows in Tokyo the night before the game. What's the time difference? Is the travel time? Can she make it? Uh, to Vegas? She can. According to ESPN. On a private? Tight. She can. Her show will end at 11 p.m., which is 6 a.m. Vegas time. Tokyo oh, so is 17 hours, hours ahead it. of Las Vegas. Well, and if anybody can make this happen, it's definitely going to be Taylor Swift because, you know, she can just tell them to up the... up the um, Fly faster? Yeah. <laughs> up the gas intake on the old private jet. Yeah, it only takes 11 or 12 hours to fly from Tokyo to Las Vegas anyway, especially if you fly private. They could probably do it quicker than that. So there's really no issue with Taylor getting there. Uh, just she'll just be, be exhausted, exhausted. Yeah. exactly. But she'll I was sleep thinking, on the plane. That's exactly what fun. I was going to say. She could She's take a young. couple, like, can um, you sleep on a she plane? can do it <laughs> on a private plane. I bet I could. Yeah. She probably has her, a bed on there. her private plane. Probably. She's she probably could, got a full yeah. blown bedroom. She could take some of those uh, NyQuil pills or just a little <laughs> shot of the old NyQuil no. and sleep and then wake up and be on Vegas time. Uh, we did tell you that both United and American Airlines created flights to Vegas with numbers referencing Taylor and Travis. Yeah. So there was that. No big surprise. 1989 yeah. was the flight number and uh, was third, was, what was the, what was, what's Travis's number? Refresh my memory. It was 87. 87. Yeah. yeah. Um, but David Letterman is kind of weighing in all this on his Instagram. <laughs> When there's backlash about Taylor Swift and her boyfriend, leave it to David Letterman to break it down and take Taylor's side. This is from one of his YouTube videos, but they recently 
edited it and they reposted it on Instagram. So now here's Taylor Swift, who is a glowing bright light of goodness in the world, and she starts dating uh, Kelsey Grammer. And people... No, that's go- not true. What? Kelsey Grammer? Yes. And the, the Kelsey Grammer <laughs> people say, oh, no, no, no. Don't bother us. And the Taylor Swift people, the Swifties, are saying, oh, we don't want a footballer in here with Kelsey Grammer. And I'm saying... Huh? Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey. And I say to both camps, this is such a lovely thing. Shut up. It's good for the footballers. It's good for Taylor Swift. And it's something positive and happy for the world. Taylor Swift is a huge force and I think just wants to see people do the right thing. So God bless Taylor Swift and Kelsey Grammer. That's all I have to (laughs) say. I love Dave. That's so funny. I just love him. <laughs> Dude, I want somebody. I wish she would just sit down for an interview with Can you anyone. imagine that couple, Kelsey yes. Grammer and Taylor Swift? Oh, that's so funny. Wouldn't it be fun to see him interview Taylor, though? Like how he does those next guest need no interruption shows oh, on Netflix? I'm sure he's reached out. I would just want her to talk to anyone. Just, just please... Say something about all of the crap that's out there about you guys. Yeah. yeah. Anything. When was the last time she did? And who even I'm trying knows? to even remember ever seeing clips of her or a full interview. Um, they showed that Jimmy Fallon one from years ago where she had dental surgery and her mom shared the footage of her coming out oh, of the yeah. dental oh, surgery. Yeah. That makes the rounds all the time. Plus the stuff that she did on Ellen. She was on Ellen a whole bunch. But other than that, I'm like, it's, it would just be so fun to watch her do anything. Anderson Cooper would be a good guy. Yes. You are one of those Oprah interviews, those specials that she yeah. does for a whole hour. Mm-hmm. Right. I just want somebody to be like, is your life seriously this orchestrated down to your nail color, down to your I feel earring like choice? And, and, and do you just jot down thoughts about wearing snake stuff? You know, Did just, you not pick up on any of that stuff in the do, in the existing documentaries that are out? Uh, not really, because this documentary, I mean, a little bit, but I'm talking about to the extent that her fans go through all of her stuff. Mm-hmm. And they say things like, you know, 10 years ago, she wore purple. And then on this date, 10 years later, she released Lavender Haze. Like, is it seriously that orchestrated? Did you know that you did that? Would it I be would funny yes. if all of it, like, what if it wasn't? None of it was yeah. planned. And well, she's just sitting there so amused at the whole, like, yeah. people just working themselves up. Because yesterday I was... random events. I was scrolling through my Instagram feed, which is just filled with her and Travis, which I'm reading all of it, just absorbing because I like it. But someone was like, um, her fingernails are painted orange when she was on the field with... Travis Kelsey on Sunday when she went down to the field to celebrate and someone was like the last time she painted her nails orange was when she released the reputation album and blah 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 to me I'm like is it that is it is it that orchestrated that you painted your nail color orange on purpose so people would notice and how do you keep track of it all do you have it is it all like in a computer system or do you have like a card catalog system like an excel spreadsheet right (laughs) yeah well, and then there I, I mean, this, how does she even keep track? Well, yeah. yeah, and then there's this other theory that um, a bunch of her friends, a bunch of her best friends, think uh, what's Ryan Reynolds, Blake Lively, Ryan Reynolds, all of these celebrities changed their profile images on a lot of their social media to black and white photos, 
And so they're speculating that that is another way that she's telling everyone that the reputation Taylor's version is getting ready to come out. But how does she have control over other people's profile pictures? She just asks them nice. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, did she, she send out a group a text? text? And- hey, do you think you could change your profile picture to something black and white? I'm doing a big concert announcement. Hey, whatever Taylor whatever. wants. Right. Yeah. You got it. Yeah. All right. So it looks like maybe Britney Spears just apologized to Justin Timberlake for things that she wrote about him in her memoir. Too late. Uh, she said in an Instagram post, I want to apologize for some of the things I wrote about in my book. If I offended any of the people I genuinely care about, I am deeply sorry. I also wanted to say that I am in love with Justin Timberlake's new song, Selfish. It is so good. And how come every time I see Justin and Jimmy Fallon together, I laugh so hard? P.S. Sanctified is wow, too. Yeah, that's an apology. Sanctified is another track, a new track from Justin. He performed it on Saturday Night Live. He also teamed up with Fallon for a new Barry Gibb talk show skit. Hmm. And one of the biggest reveals, of course, in Britney's book was that she got pregnant when she was dating Justin but got an abortion because he didn't want to be a dad. So. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder I, if they ever talk. I like, had do that they same ever thought. ever run into each other anywhere and ever, is there ever any I communication? I almost said the same thing. Like, after the memoir came out, did he reach out to her and go, what are you doing? Why did you do that? Because, you know, they got to still have each other's numbers, don't you think? I would think so. Not a chance. No way. I don't think they talk at all. I think he's distanced. Like, if he's moved on far, 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 far from her in every way, shape, or form. But I do bet they still have each other's numbers. Because I bet they got the same numbers they had when they very first got their very first cell phone. You think so? Probably. Oh, I don't know. That number's leaked 100 times over. Yeah, they probably change them a lot. Um... The documentary about the making of the 1985 charity song, We Are the World, just began streaming on Netflix, and it's called The Greatest Night in Pop. And this was, you know, really one of the, honest to God, biggest deals of the 1980s. I just started watching it last night. It's really well done. Is it really well done? It's about an hour and 37 minutes, so I didn't get too far into it, but it right off the rip, man, it comes... With Lionel Richie. Yeah, and we had a conversation recently about like who wasn't in it because it occurred to me that I was thinking of all these celebrities from the 19, these iconic celebrities from the 1980s who were all seemingly all there for it. And then it occurred to me that I remember ever seeing Madonna there. Well, that came up. She wasn't invited. Huh. This is Harriet Sternberg from the documentary explaining who her boss, one of the producers of the song, Ken Cragen, wanted instead. I wanted Madonna, material girl, and all of the things she did would bring a really different audience. But Ken wanted Cindy. We had a fight about that. I felt, you know, it was an important thing to do. I do believe that rock and roll can save the world, or we should try. Yeah, they didn't think that Madonna had a strong enough voice. Didn't think she was a strong enough vocalist. Wow. And and if you watch the documentary, you'll actually hear how strong Cindy Lauper sings her takes. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, yeah, to Fritz's point, Lionel Richie has a great story about getting scared while writing We Are the World over at Michael Jackson's house. We Are the World was probably a line from Michael. We are the world. Out of the corner of my eye. I see some albums falling over, and I hear, <sighs> I look over my shoulder, 
That's the biggest snake. And Michael's going, there he is, Lionel. Oh my God, he lost the snake in the room. Oh, he came out when he heard us singing, Lionel, and he wanted to meet you. He wants to say hello to you. <laughs> I gotta get out of here quick. I am screaming like this is the end. I saw this horror movie and it's not good for the brother. <laughs> That's funny. Oh my God. So, what, so when they recorded the song, We Are the World, all of the artists that they invited got a demo of the song in advance. So they could just kind of hear the tune uh -huh. and like, you know, kind of what they were walking into. And a lot of them didn't think it was a very good song. It was recorded right after the American Music Awards, which was convenient because you had everybody, everybody like there. everybody mm -hmm. was in town. Uh, Lionel Richie was the host and Cindy Lauper was winning awards on stage that night. And she actually wanted a bail on the recording session. Backstage, Cindy Lauper came over to me and said, my boyfriend heard the song. I'm not going to be able to come because he doesn't think it's a hit. Well, nobody knew. It certainly was a group of great people. But I was so punch drunk tired. Well, it's some year, huh? And after the show, it was like, all right, you have to just go there. And I said, Cindy, it's pretty important for you to make the right decision. Don't miss the session tonight. Wow. Yeah. Billy Joel claims they all hated it, but no one wanted to say so. <laughs> How do you say so? What is Lionel Richie and Michael Jackson that yeah, wrote it? It's like, yeah, oh, it's for a good cause. I'm getting pressure. I mean, my it's God, pretty though, cool, though. The power in that room. There was only one artist who decided he no longer wanted to be there and walked out. This is Lionel Richie and one of the videographers explaining what happened when Stevie Wonder took the session on a sudden foreign language term. Stevie said, I think we need to have some Swahili somewhere in this song. I think we should sing Tutu Why No No Willie Moingo. I was back in the corner of the room, just happened to be pretty close to Waylon Jennings, and well, ain't no good old boy ever sung Swahili. I think I'm out of here. Just a good old boy. Wailing walks out of the door. I'm not dealing with it. I don't know what that means, but I am not going to say it. And we lost Wailing right then. <laughs> yeah, so they lose Wailing, and then they had to explain to Stevie Wonder that Ethiopians don't speak Swahili. <laughs> Before they could move on with the session. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, one artist almost had a nervous breakdown while recording We Are the World. It was Bob Dylan. Uh, when it came time for his solo vocal, he had no idea how to sing it. And so he finally asked if Stevie Wonder would sit at the piano and help him. So Stevie actually sang it. And if you think back of the song, yeah. there are parts where Stevie does kind of sound like he's imitating Bob Dylan in a way. Uh -huh. um, but this ends, I'll play you the clip and then we'll end it with a real Bob Dylan vocal isolated. But this was, yeah, this was crazy. Steve, can you play it one time? The secret agent to help him get comfortable was Stevie Wonder. Stevie sang it ventriloquially in Dylan's voice. Dylan was probably more uncomfortable than any other person that was here. There's a choice worth making. That's Stevie. We saving our own life. It's true, we make a better day. Just you and me. Sorry, I misspoke. That was Bob Dylan. But oh, yeah. when I heard it, it sounded like Stevie Wonder mimicking Bob, Bob Dylan. Dylan. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Because there were parts of it where it was hard to tell the two apart. Anyway, one final clip and I'll move on. Quincy Jones had already produced some of Michael Jackson's biggest albums when he produced We Are the World. And 
the new documentary is part of an interview where Quincy says Michael didn't want to sing on it. First, Michael didn't want to sing or be on the video. He thought it was overexposure at first. I talked Michael into being on the date, you know. That would have been one of the biggest mistakes in his career if he hadn't showed up. We are the world. But uh, he was there, man. We are the children. He was more than there. We are the ones who make a brighter day. So let's start giving. How does it sound? Sounds great, man. Sounded pretty good. I think I think we got our ourselves a print. <laughs> I think that's a take. Uh, you want to know a huge artist that decided not to take part? Prince. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He had just beaten Michael that night with some of the American Music Awards, so he was a no-show. Was he supposed to be there and just didn't show, or he didn't want to be there? I guess it was understood Wasn't that he was going to be there, and he just... He didn't come. Oh. Wow. So. Interesting. Yep. We'll have to watch that. Right. All right. Well, the only other piece I've got here is Jason Bateman, Will Arnett, and Sean Hayes signed a $100 million deal to take their Smartless podcast to Sirius. Oh. Will it still be on? It'll still be on demand, right? We can listen to it. I don't know. Probably not. I don't think so. I think not. Sirius will have exclusive rights. That is just crap. That's too bad. I'm not doing it. <laughs> that really upsets me. Well, you probably already have it in your car anyway, don't you? No, I'm not paying for that. Oh, I have. I don't listen to it, but I got well, it. Well, maybe I could log yeah. in on your account. Sure. <laughs> that is serious, man. Oh. Yeah. Well, good for them. I'm annoyed. <laughs> I'm annoyed. That's my favorite podcast, besides the Jeff and Jen podcast, of course. <laughs> we all gotta have our fish. This is true. Yeah. Dude, man. Yeah, hundred million bucks ain't bad. It's you like know. the WWE selling out to Netflix. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right, that's your latest E News. We'll have more for you coming up after seven o'clock. In the meantime, straight ahead, we got three headlines for you. Two of those headlines are fake. One headline is real. If you can get the real headline, we're gonna set you up with a four pack of tickets to the Bridal Rama Winter Showcase this Saturday and Sunday at the Sharonville Convention Center. We will tell you exactly when to call. This is the Jeff and Jen Morning Show on Q102. feel confident on your second date with help from the plastic surgery group schedule a consultation at 513-791-4440 or at theplasticsurgerygroup.com surgery has an art i'm bradley trainer and i'm don mcclain we have a podcast called blinded by the item a blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out it's a guessing game and you can play along the item might be like this a-list star carries a birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. Rachel. Good morning. Good morning. Welcome to Jeff and Jen's Faker for Real. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you guys today? Excellent. Doing awesome. Got your headlines here. And if you can pick the real one, you're going to go to the big old bridal showcase this weekend at the Sharonville Convention Center, okay? Perfect. All right. So which one is it? Is it A? A pantsless man walks into 7-Eleven and pees in a Slurpee cup. 
Is it B, a very hairy guy wearing only tidy whities roller skates into BP station and steals washer fluid? Or C, a naked woman walks into a convenience store armed with a potato peeler? Um, let's go with B. You said C, right? Yeah. Yes, you did. <laughs> That's what I thought. The B's and C sometimes can seem to like to me, but I said whatever you said to win. Yeah, it's C. It's that potato peeler lady. Yeah, this almost sounds like the setup to a joke, but it is real. A naked woman walked into a convenience store armed with a potato peeler on Sunday. That could do damage. Yep, it can. Those things are sharp. Mm-hmm. And yes, it happened in Florida. Yeah. <laughs> And yes, she was drunk. Of course. 35-year-old Celia Barrett walked into a store in St. Petersburg Sunday evening and started yelling about getting kicked out of the same store a day earlier. (laughs) She threatened two workers with the peeler and said she was going to kill one of them. Can't do that. With a peeler. Can't do that. Can you do that? I guess you you could. I mean, yeah, but it's not... She also toppled a display of Red Bulls and tore open a <laughs> carton of cigarettes and just dumped them on the floor. Definitely Marlboro oh. Reds. She sounds like a real heavy smoker. <laughs> uh, let's see what happened next. Uh, an employee called the cops. She was still fully naked when they arrived. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> she told them she had about six shots of liquor. So she's now facing charges for aggravated assault, disorderly intoxication, trespassing, Uh, criminal mischief, and indecent exposure. Not good. I mean, are there days, you know, when you hear stories like this, you kind of laugh about it. And it's just so easy to imagine it happening in Florida. Does it make you miss living in Florida and having (laughs) your news every day? Like this is just story after story after story on the six o'clock news. You know, I was having a conversation with a friend of mine Saturday night and I made it. I drew a distinction between my you know, crime can happen anywhere. Yeah. But my sense of safety here uh-huh. uh, was much, is much higher, was much higher from the minute I set foot here than it was <laughs> when I lived down there. And uh-huh. part of that challenge for me was in Florida, crime felt way more random. Yeah. Like it, it didn't matter where you were. There was no such thing as a, as a bad neighborhood versus a good neighborhood. It was everywhere is nuts down just, here. It's so pred- unpredictable. Yes. Whereas here, like when I came to Cincinnati, I, you know, I could tell when I was entering an area that needed some work. Yeah. And I knew how to back myself out of there. Yeah. And kind of stick with areas that were maybe a little more well lit. Mm-hmm. Maybe mm-hmm. weren't as run down. Yeah. Maybe not as many people loitering. Yeah. Whereas in Florida, it just felt like everybody was crazy and (laughs) on edge. Yet, where did you live when you were here? Weren't you living in places where the gunfire was waking you up in the middle of the night? Or you learned to sleep through it? It was so frequent. Yeah, I I did have it. You know, I go for transitional neighborhoods. There's no question. You know, because I see the potential. I see the investment. Uh And I don't know. I guess you just stick with what you know. So it was an it was kind of a new thing for me to move in with Kristen and Kenwood. Yeah. It's kind of boring there. Because comparatively. I mean, I just You don't hear all sirens. of a sudden I was like, wow. 
Yeah, but you came from New York. I mean, New York is there's never a moment when you're walking anywhere that you don't hear sirens. It's I mean, 24-7, just either an ambulance, a police car, fire. They're always like that. Yeah, I guess. But even in New York. Did you just tune you it just, out? You knew where to hang out, where not to. And most of the, yeah, you tune it out because most of them are ambulances going on medical calls that turn out to be nothing. So it's mm-hmm. just part of the soundtrack. Did yeah. you guys ever like. witness any crazy crime living there? No. Well, I, I mean, other than a lot of so fights, often, but yeah, a lot of fights. I mean, there was a guy that was exposing himself on the beach. Hmm. But you guys were living at nightclubs for a little chunk there, right? Quite a no, chunk. Yeah. We had some police shootings and stuff like that. A lot of road rage. But like actually witnessing it yourself. No. Yeah. yeah. Try to stay out of it. You just went in and out quickly to wherever you needed to go. Yeah, pretty much. But yeah, like when we moved here, though. You know, we, we moved to a part of Walnut Hills that wasn't great at first, but it was in transition and we just had a lot of faith in that community and what was being done and and it turned out to be great. We were really happy there and we uh, then our next move was we bought a house in Mount Auburn that mm-hmm. was, you know, that particular that particular part of Mount Auburn needed some work, kind of under development. and. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then where do we go next? Oh, OTR. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I lived there for four years, 2011, when the only restaurants in OTR were... Lava-matic. Lava-matic and Senate had just opened. Oh, yeah. They were the only two places. I, I remember that was when in you lived there and Bakersfield was new. We were like, we have to go to Bakersfield. Oh, Bakersfield hadn't even opened yeah, yet. Yeah, but remember when we went together and sat at the big table? That was really fun. Yeah. That was like right when it opened and you still lived there. It was cool. Yeah, that was huge. You were there four years? I think so. I was there from 11. To, no, I was there five years because I was there from 2000, November 2011 to March of 2016. Yeah, so I guess just under five years. Mm-hmm. Um, but I still feel weirdly like I can't explain why I just felt safer here than I did. Yeah. Well, people are just kind of crazy down there in general. I mean, it's it's a it. Uh, people, I, I love the way that Florida was explained to me once. It's a swamp, and people, it's absolutely true. Yeah, the people. <laughs> who are miserable where they are move to Florida thinking that's going to make them happy. Right. And it doesn't. So there are just a lot of very unhappy people. Angry, (laughs) impatient. Yeah. Like teetering on the edge kind of people living there. And there are a lot of wonderful people there too. I mean, you know, you meet a lot of incredible. I had a, I had a great circle of friends and we worked with some wonderful people. So it's not all, but there are a higher percentage of unhappy people there, I think, than elsewhere. Because, yeah. you know, no matter where you go, you take yourself with you. And a lot of people don't realize that. They think a change of scenery and the sunshine is going to fix all of their problems. And it doesn't. No. And that's why... Mm-hmm. And that's why you've got naked woman walking into convenience store. <laughs> yeah. yeah. yeah so just, they many snap. stories they like just, that. They down just there. snap. People just snap. They just snap. Right. Yeah. You, you brought up a really good point. Like, you know, for someone who felt so much, maybe that's why, because I felt so much just generally safer and it felt less random. Like, I felt like I knew what I was getting into because my next move after OTR. 
was I moved to Avondale. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and that turned out to be fine. But yeah, there were a lot of nights where gunshots would ring out and the spot shotters would pick it up. And mm-hmm. maybe sometimes it did. <laughs> but That's I worry about now, like there is a certain randomness that I'm starting to see emerge now here in Cincinnati. You know, we've seen those videos the past couple of days mm. of these groups of Teenagers. of young people who are just piling on these. Yeah. You know, poor people who don't see it coming. And These videos are slightly disturbing. Unsettling. Very, yeah. very much. Yeah. yeah. That we got to get a handle on. Yeah. It's juveniles, like, too. That's what's so sad. Like just young people. Yeah. Up. Yeah. And just because I, I have this perception of safety doesn't mean it really exists. Right. Mm-hmm. It does for you. Like, you feel safe. Yeah. Not everyone like, feels like that. It could be my own visual biases that are just mm-hmm. fooling me. Yeah. But I can see how stories like that will keep people from going downtown, for sure. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. But then, you know, if if you hear of some horrible tragedy or shooting in Westchester, Liberty Township, you know, nobody says, well, I'm not going there anymore. <laughs> I do. <laughs> <laughs> see? Thanks for listening to the Q102 Jeff and Jen Morning Show Podcast, brought to you by CVG Airport. Fly healthy through CVG. For more information, go to CVG Airport backslash fly healthy.